Best on the Board is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. I've been using GameTime for a couple of years now. It is true. Uh, if you just fire up the app just minutes before the game starts, you'll really able to see the ticket prices drop down. Uh, not just sports either, some music and theater tickets as well. And it's a simple, easy two-tap checkout. Boom. Got the tickets. You're on your way. Uh, I love the app, the panoramic seat view in there as well, just to give you a little idea of what you are getting yourself into the game time app is simple quick and easy to navigate download the game time app in the google play or app store and score last minute deals on ticket prices up to 60 percent off Welcome to another edition of Best on the Board. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there, including my wonderful co-host, Michael Beller. What's going on, Beller? Nothing much, Meanie. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, uh, I'm headed out uh, of town for the weekend, going to the in-laws in Cleveland. Uh, going to be uh, what, what I think is going to be a fun weekend. How are you doing? I'm doing good, yes. Um, north of the border, so my Thanksgiving has already passed, but still wishing everybody out there listening a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you're able to, to catch up with some family, enjoy some football. It is Thanksgiving week, so we have three games on Thursday to talk about. We're going to go through uh, each game and give our, our favorite picks. So if you're just new to the show, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with us. You can get a subscription at The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash best on the board will get you 40% off a subscription. Lots happening this week at The Athletic. A lot of cool shows, a lot of cool articles. The all-decade thing is happening this week. It's uh, it's just really a whole lot of fun to listen to, even if you're not a fan of the team. You know, I produce a couple <laughs> shows here at The Athletic and just the Reds, just listening to them talk about the Reds and some of the years that they've had and, you know, they go back to 2012. For example, uh, that's WARP in Cincinnati with C. Trent Rosecrans and Paul Daniel Jr. So it's been a fun week. We have a ton of shows at The Athletic. Uh, the Advance Route, yourself and Emery Hunt, uh, Jake Seeley, myself and Brad Ziegler, the throwback. So taking care of people in week 13 is crunch time. Everybody needs a win, Beller. They need a win bad to get into fantasy football playoffs. So there's lots of shows out there, the ranking show as well. But I always like to ask you what you and Emery Hunt talk about. So what was on the docket this week? You know, we've really been enjoying uh, focusing on some of the bigger games on the slate, especially since we've had, <clears throat> excuse me, some loaded slates in that regard in the last few weeks. And so that's what we did again this week. We uh, dove into the X's and O's in three games, three big games uh, on the docket this week. Uh, 49ers Ravens, obviously, that's the big one. Patriots Texans uh, was the second one, and Vikings Seahawks. So three huge games. I think all six of those teams are going to be in the playoffs and talk about the fantasy talent up and down those six teams uh so we used uh emery's x's and o's expertise to then extrapolate what we think is going to happen from a fantasy perspective in those three games nice i like it so that's a show that you can check out again the athletic.com slash best on the board 40 percent off we appreciate a rate and review uh subscribe to the podcast whether you're listening on itunes spotify where it is that you do listen to the podcast so because it is thanksgiving week we won't be back on friday so there is no friday show unfortunately for you guys but any questions that you have at m beller at chris meany you can always hit us up on twitter for sure um so let's get before actually i mean geez i was gonna skip over i finally had a good week 
<laughs> five and two, and I was just going to brush it by. Uh, so let's do a little um, audit from last week. Uh, for me, five and two, Giants, Seahawks. Got the Bengals. Man, did there I ever sweat go. it out because there was a turnover at the end of the game, and I thought, man, Pittsburgh, they're just going to kick a field goal here, and they're going to win by nine instead of six. Uh, but luckily I got that one. Dallas, we were both on. Baltimore, and then the, another two games that we were on that we got wrong was Houston and New Orleans, and you went four for three. Dallas in there as well. Tampa, Baltimore, the Jets, they seem to be your team. You've been backing them lately. Yeah. The Broncos. Uh, Houston and the Saints. We'll get into the Saints in a little bit, but you know, another dis- disappointing showing from them. I-, I think their defense. Something's going on with their defense over the past couple weeks. Yeah, man. I mean, that felt like a like we had the the cover locked up, and then they go from not covering to almost, almost losing. losing that game, yeah. which was which was wild. I mean, when they were up, what was it like thirty one seventeen or thirty one eighteen, something like that. I feel like I feel like Carolina had more of an offbeat score than seventeen, but still, it felt like. This is a uh, this is locked up. This is done. I I sort of stopped you know paying attention to that one, and then suddenly Carolina's got this game tied and has the ball. It was uh, a big turnaround in the fourth quarter from uh, from New Orleans defense. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if about ten minutes or so from now I'm locking them in as one of my top picks of this week. <laughs> yeah, we'll go right back to the well and just not overthink it for sure. Uh, and I gave that four. I think it was a four or five game teaser on the show. My apologies, guys. I even teased the Saints down to four points. It was the only game I didn't get had Seattle in there, Dallas, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and then it just four points, Beller. Come on. Gonna yeah. beat Carolina by four points. So uh let's move on and let's get into week thirteen. Let's talk Thursday Thanksgiving football. Always a good time. Any traditions for you? Um, you know, watching football on Turkey Day? Yeah, I, I guess hoping that the Bears aren't terrible um, <laughs> it has been at least a recent tradition um, since they've been on Thanksgiving so much over the. This is, I think, their third Thanksgiving game in the last four years. They I believe, played I think Green they played Bay. Detroit last year too. Played Detroit they? last year. They played Green Bay a couple of years ago. It was the night game, uh, and they were terrible that season. Um, so it has. They actually won that game. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bunch of a uh, bunch of Thanksgiving games in a row for the Bears. So uh, yeah, hoping that they don't embarrass themselves in front of a national audience is uh, one of my uh, favorite Thanksgiving traditions. At least recent Thanksgiving traditions. <laughs> so Chicago opened up one point favorites, uh, forty-one the total. It's now moved according to Westgate three and a half. The total has come down quite a bit at thirty-eight. What's your initial thoughts? Uh, the Bears to win by more than a field goal. It's tough. Yeah, but David Blau is almost for sure going to be the starter for the Lions, and that mm. makes it even tougher to back the Lions in this game. Probably going to be staying away. Um, Don't want to really back either of these teams with confidence. Uh, If it were Lions as a small favorite with Jeff Driscoll as the starter, I might be interested in Detroit. But, um, you know, the Bears' offense has been a little bit better of late, and we have seen Mitch Trubisky at least play at a a league average or maybe even slightly above league average level when he's gone up against bad defenses. Detroit certainly falls into that category. But I just can't really uh, trust either of these teams. I can't trust the Bears, period. Uh, the, def- the run defense has not been good this season, and I definitely can't trust the Lions against a very strong Bears pass defense with David Blau as the starter. A pretty easy stay away from me. Uh, I love Roto World. They always just seem to have an agenda. Yeah, they'll be forced to turn to someone named, quote, David Blau, uh, unquote. <laughs> so um, they're taking some shots at him for sure. If it isn't Driscoll, where do you think this line goes? I think three and I, th- I think the three and a half is already assuming that Blau is going to be the starter. Really? Yeah. So okay. I think it'll be I think it'll be here, and I think you're going to have a lot of people on the Bears if that's the case. Uh, and I totally understand it. And in my pool where I pick every game, I will pick the Bears. Uh, but I just don't want to make it one of my most confident plays because I mean, like 
I think the Bears defense is going to be lights out in this game. I think they're going to be able to shut down Detroit and David Blau completely. But it's just still an offense that I don't necessarily want to trust. Yeah, I, I'm going to back the Bears out. I, I may even get them in my seven here, locking an early Thursday Turkey Day game. Uh, but, you know, the public certainly on Chicago 80%. That's uh, top five for this week, sure. But, uh, you know, that team applied total of 17 for Detroit. I'm not sure they get there. That Bears defense is still pretty solid. Dallas and Buffalo. I mean, we almost got the Cowboys. We had a drive at the very end to, to an opportunity for Dallas to win. We, we did get them, you know, on the spread, which we were all over for sure. But they open up right now uh, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Actually, they opened up well, eight-point favorites. It's come down to six-and-a-half. The total has jumped from 45 to 47. Again, this just seems like – it, it kind of seems like too many points, but I, I look overall at Dak and what he's been able to do at home. I mean, 350 passing yards per game at home compared to like 280 on the road, more picks on the road, more games played uh, on the road, but the touchdowns have been down and the yards have been down too. So right now I feel like I'm leaning Dallas, but in your opinion, is six and a half too many points? I mean, the Bills haven't beat anybody yet. This is a true test for Buffalo. It really is. I mean, they just – I think they're one and one against teams with a record over 500. They've just been beating up on mediocre teams. Yeah, this is uh, maybe the easiest stay away on the board this week for me. Um, I, I think Dallas is the better team. I think they're – I mean, I think I know they're playing uh, at home in this game. And as you said, Dak Prescott, with everything he's been able – to do at home this season and what the passing game has been able to do at home this season. Uh, the emergence of Randall Cobb in recent weeks does have me confident that they're going to be able to get going, even against a tough Buffalo defense. But that is a tough, tough Buffalo defense. And just as we say that you know, we haven't really seen Buffalo beat anyone, well, Dallas, you know, in a lot of games this season where they've gone up against better defenses, uh, they have wilted under that pressure. And, you know, you can't take away what Dak in the passing game has done in spots that they should be able to do what they want to do. Uh, and that is the mark of a good team that you take care of business and you take care of business emphatically against the teams that you should beat. But we do need to see him step up with a little bit more consistency against the better teams. And this Buffalo defense fits that bill. So, uh, there's just uh, too many unknowns for me in this one. We are back to a 16-game slate, so we have more options than we've been talking about in recent weeks. Uh, I could just see this game going either way. What scares me is that it's just a big number. right? For a team that has a good defense and does have some weapon, Josh Allen is a weapon himself. John Brown has been very consistent. Devin Singletary emerging. You know, Buffalo's not bereft of weapons themselves, so... It just feels a little bit too big of a number for me to really back uh, to back Dallas. And because of Buffalo's on-again, off-again offense, I feel like I can't fully trust them either. Yeah, it's it should be an entertaining game. It's a, you're right. It's a big test for both games. I mean, you just look at Dallas and some of the teams that they've played that you know have been better and have winning records. I mean, the Saints they only put up ten points. They lost to the Packers. They lost to the Packers at home. They lost to the Vikings a couple weeks ago at home. Of course, that New England game they were they were definitely in it, but they they certainly lost that game and they only scored nine points. So uh, certainly uh, an interesting matchup. One that I'm I'm really looking forward to see. I just want to see this Bills team go up against you know a solid team, but. Yeah, both teams. Like, who have you beat? <laughs> so mm -hmm. one of them exactly. going to come away with a win here. All right, Saints and Falcons. We just seen these two teams play a couple weeks ago, and Atlanta shocked us. That was out of the bye. They had just made the, the defensive coordinator change. Dan Quinn gave up the play calling on defense, and then Atlanta had back-to-back -back games where they had more sacks in those two games than they had the previous eight weeks. And then their defense last week looked like the Atlanta Falcons' defense mm -hmm. that we saw over the first few weeks. So this opened up at 5, and I was all over this immediately. It's now 7, according to Westgate. The total has jumped just half a point. It's gone from 48 to 48. 
38 and a half, depending on where you look. Uh, I guess we're, we have been keeping a theme here on this show for Westgate, so it is at 49. Is this another, you know, you alluded to it earlier, is this another just don't overthink it? The Saints here are, are the better football team. Let's pick them to win by a touchdown. You know, I'm a little sad, Meanie. We might not have a pure don't overthink it play on the board this week, but I do think that the Saints um, are going to uh, cover this game. Um, I'm going to talk my way through every single game uh, and make my decision on if it's going to be in my seven or not as we go through, uh, but I'm definitely leaning heavily Saints um, with the laying of the seven points. Um, this is a revenge game, a, a pure bounce-back game uh, against Atlanta written all over it. Uh, everything that we saw on tape from Atlanta, Sean Payton's been able to see. Sean Payton's been able to break down. Yeah, Alvin Kamara was not himself in that game. Uh, the Saints were still able to you know, put up a decent amount of total yards. It was just they got crushed by sacks, and they got crushed by red zone inefficiency, two things that we don't typically expect to see from the New Orleans Saints. Sure, they're going on the road, but it's still an indoor environment. It's still one that uh, that plays well for New Orleans offense. So I'm not really too worried about them laying a touchdown. If anything, I'm worried what we talked about off the top, the fact that this defense slowed down so considerably uh, in the second half against Carolina. But I'm still going to be willing to ride with the Saints because of just the uh, the gulf in between these two teams. New Orleans uh, so clearly the superior squad in this one, and I think that they end up uh, bouncing back, getting a little bit of revenge, taking care of the Falcons with relative ease. Yeah, so you know you may feel a little hesitant with the Cowboys minus six and a half, but the Saints minus seven. Again, we've, I've, I've mentioned teasers on this show. I think those are two good spots. You want to tease down a couple points just to win by a field goal. I think both teams will come away with a win. But I'm with you. And I mean, we don't even know the status of Julio Jones. I know he's been in this situation before where he's missed practices on a, on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. But this is a short week. He was out of the lineup. He came back in last week. He's definitely not going to be playing 100% in this football game. So I, I will actually just go ahead and lock in the Saints. This is is this close to, oh, don't overthink it. The, the next closest one is probably this one, Beller. Packers and Giants, six and a half point favorite for, for Green Bay going up against the Giants. Team implied total 26. The Giants 19 and a half, 45.5 is the total. It's actually come down. I mean, the Packers open up seven and a half point favorites. You can get it at six in some spots. I just feel like the, the Green Bay Packers are, are the better football team here, and I think they're going to use both running backs, and that's kind of what they've done over the past couple weeks is lean on Aaron Jones, lean on Jamal Williams. Devontae Adams has shown up now uh, the past couple weeks. So he, he seems like he's a lock for about six or seven grabs. And there's just too many question marks I have on the on the Giants side of things. How healthy is Saquon Barkley? He's been basically invisible over the past couple weeks on the ground. Uh, there's still some injuries. Golden Tate is not 100%. Sterling Shepard was getting a ton of looks, but uh, he wasn't efficient with those targets. So I'm going to go with the better defense, Aaron Rodgers, the better quarterback, I honestly do wish it was in Green Bay, uh, but I will take the Packers. I don't think I'm going to have them in my seven, but I'm not going to overthink this. Uh, give me Green Bay. Yeah, I'm with you there. Really quick, just one last line on New Orleans, Atlanta. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore also likely to return for the Saints, so uh, that's that's a huge get back for them with Julio Jones. Without Julio Jones, it doesn't really matter. Getting Marshawn Lattimore back, huge for the Saints. And I'm with you on Green Bay. Um, this would probably be the one that I would say is the is the don't overthink it play of the week if we do have one. Uh, a, a pure bounce back spot for the Packers after getting embarrassed by the 49ers on Sunday night football, a game that they were totally manhandled on both sides of the ball. Now they get basically the opposite end of the spectrum sort of team. And what really concerns me about the Giants is what you said about Saquon Barkley, how little they've gotten out of him. Really going back, meaning to Daniel Jones taking over as the starter. And I know our uh, colleague here at The Athletic, Michael Salfino, wrote 
wrote a really interesting piece, uh, I want to say maybe two weeks ago or so, and, um, and it still holds. It's not it's an evergreen piece because of what he said about Saquon Barkley, and he uh, wrote about how the move to Daniel Jones is hurting Saquon because of, uh, uh, for a few reasons. I, so I don't want to, you know, put any words or paraphrase what, what Salfino said. I recommend that you go read it. Uh, you got to be a subscriber, theathletic.com slash best on the board, 40% off uh, to read yeah. that piece. But uh, everything that uh, Salfino said, I think if you, if you read that and then you look at what the Giants have done, really rings true. And if they're not getting anything out of Saquon Barkley, where are they going to get anything against a good team? like Green Bay. I agree with you. This should be a great bounce-back spot for the Green Bay offense. Aaron Rodgers and that entire group, I think, have a big game in New York this weekend. So uh, Packers, uh, another one that I'm sort of talking through, through, thinking through as we go through our picks this week, but I got a feeling they're going to be one of my seven teams. Yeah, I'm going to lock him in. I saw that piece for Selfino, so it was a nice shout-out to, to him as well. Yeah, he just hasn't been, even through the air, he just hasn't hasn't been involved. And I know Jake Seeley, who follows the Giants, has talked about that a couple times too, it, for, for whatever reason. I mean, Daniel Jones, it's, it's not the same as last year when he's getting all those dump-offs from from Eli Manning. Uh, moving right along, the Carolina Panthers and the Washington Redskins. we got a team applied total for Washington sitting at 15. And according to Football Outsiders, you know, just at, you know, a situation, a neutral situation, they're the slowest-paced team in the NFL. Fell. Um, they don't score a lot of points. This, this is not surprising. This is not breaking news. But is ten points too many points with Carolina? We've seen a little bit of you know. We've seen actually every single side of Kyle Allen over the past eight <laughs> weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. I, this just feels like a little bit too much, right? Um, <clears throat> I just Carolina is not the sort of team I want to lay ten points with. Um, I want you know. I, I just I am uncomfortable laying ten with mediocre teams. They're um, just so full, inconsistent. Exactly, and and I'm going to pick Carolina. I mean, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, that where I'm where I'm picking every game, I'm picking Carolina, and I'm not thinking twice about it. But you and I are talking about our seven favorite picks, and I can pretty easily find seven picks I like better than Carolina minus ten. I I, I mean, I really don't have much more to say uh, when we're from a pure gambling standpoint. Uh, that, that pretty much covers it for me. I mean, we could get more in-depth about what this game is and what this game uh, could be and how we think it's going to play out, but that's not really our role here. We don't uh, want to use up too much time talking about a relatively meaningless game if we're not going to be recommending playing it with your actual money. So uh, I'm going to back the Panthers, but I'm not going to put any money on this one. No way. It's that five-game teaser again, guys. Just tease them down. Carolina by a field goal or four points. I mean, 10 just seems it seems like a lot of points. I'm with you. I'll pick them in my pool, but they're not going to be locked in. How about the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers? Here we go. This is a game that we can all get excited for. Baltimore opening up four-and-a-half-point favorites. The total at 46. It's jumped up to 46-and-a-half. They are now six-point favorites after that beatdown on Monday Night Football where if anybody had any doubts about Lamar Jackson, just throw those completely out the window this guy is absolutely balling out he made that Rams defense look just silly throwing touchdown passes running all over them so um, here we go is six too many points I mean I feel like this is a field goal game but it's really hard to just get away from Baltimore and what they've been able to do over the past few weeks yeah, I really, really want to pick Baltimore in this game, but I just respect San Francisco and what they've done uh, too much to to do that. Um, the one thing that really does lead me um, in Baltimore's direction beyond how great Lamar Jackson is and how great they've been, the, de- the defensive improvements they've made that we've talked about now a few times on this show, all that holds, and all that's going to be true in every single game regardless of matchup, and I'm almost going to 
you know, default to Ravens, no matter who they play, which I will admit is a huge change of tune from me from earlier in the season. But uh, hey, I was wrong on this team earlier. You got to admit when you're wrong and then move on immediately. Make that hard turn in a short season like the NFL. So Ravens, I apologize. You proved me wrong from what I said earlier in the season. You made me look dumb. And hey, here I am now saying that I'm going to auto back you almost every single week because of what they do and because of what they're able to bring to bear on both sides of the ball in every single game. On top of that, in this particular matchup, Meaning, just think back over our recent history with the San Francisco 49ers. Who's the one quarterback in the one offense that's really been able to create some havoc against this defense? Oh, yeah. Um, Kyler Murray. Kyler. And and even Russell between them. Yeah, it was three straight weeks. I mean, yeah, mobile quarterbacks have given them fits. Right. And so now you've got uh, the most mobile and not just mobile quarterback, right, but a guy who you are scheming purposeful runs for because of how dangerous he is uh, as a dual threat guy. Um, so I think that because of that, that we could see, um, you know, another poor performance from San Francisco's defense. Uh, we've, we, we, with what we've seen from Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, uh, we know that teams uh, with mobile quarterbacks can get after them, can make them a little bit more uncomfortable than traditional quarterbacks will, uh, as we saw from uh, Aaron Rodgers last week. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's, he's obviously, especially at this stage of his career, he's not quite... Kyler Murray or uh, Russell Wilson, but he's certainly uh, still among the more mobile quarterbacks and the more dangerous on on the move quarterbacks in the NFL. And they just completely snuffed out everything Green Bay wanted to do. But when you break through, when you cross the Rubicon and you get to the truly elite mobile guys, we've seen San Francisco struggle, and they're facing the elitist of the elite of those of that brand of quarterbacks this week. So that is really what keeps Baltimore in play for me. On paper, way too many points, but this might be an even like an. There's, there's a multiplier effect here with uh, what we've seen from these two teams this season. I'm going to be backing Baltimore where I have to, but it just feels like a few too many points and a little bit of disrespect thrown at San Francisco's direction. Yeah, and I would agree with that too. A ton. I mean, both defenses phenomenal, but really, we've we've said this so many times in this show. I mean, ever since again the Marcus Peters trade, Jimmy Smith comes back. I mean, that defense is just—it's really just taking shape. And there's no you know shade at the 49ers defense. It's been great as well. But four fumble recoveries over the last five games. I mean, they have at least one interception in every game since week four. Nine over that span, coming off a game a couple weeks ago where they had seven sacks. So they're really as much as the offense is rolling and they're scoring points: 45, 41. 49 37 they're not giving up anything either right they've only allowed 26 points over the last three games I mean they played the Pats four games ago and only gave up 20 so I, I think that I will back Baltimore it does seem like a lot of points but I, I feel like I'll take Baltimore in the under here I don't know um I'm, I'm, again I still have a lot of question marks with San Francisco they're scoring some points lately but uh, I, I'm not not really sold on you know, the teams that they're scoring the points against although you know Again, Jimmy Garoppolo did impress me against the the Green Bay Packers. I thought he looked pretty good. Let's move over to the Colts and the Titans. If you guys have been paying attention all year, I, I tend to stay away from these games, especially this division. I just don't want anything to do with it. Uh, the Colts open up three and a half point favorites and now three point favorites. Do you have a feel at all in this in this matchup? Definitely going to be taking the Titans. Um, I have them written down right now as one of my seven, but uh, as we start talking about more games, uh, there might be some that I'm a little bit more confident in than Tennessee. But I do think that the Titans are the right side in this one. Um, I just think they're the better offense, uh, especially without Marlon Mack, right? I mean, if you just go player by player, um, I think you're going to put a check mark next to almost every single spot 
um, on Tennessee's offense, maybe offensive line is where Indianapolis has uh, a little bit of an advantage, especially when we're talking about matchup-wise. I mean, O-line versus D-line, O-line versus D-line. Yeah, maybe Indy's O-line is better than Tennessee's D-line. But almost everywhere else, I want to be backing Tennessee's offense. And so the fact that I feel that way and that I'm getting a couple of points that Tennessee comes into this game hot, Ryan Tannehill playing his best football of the season. And Ryan Tannehill, since he's taken over, meaning oh, he's, he's been, been a QB1. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's been a QB1, and it wasn't like he needed that monster game he had last week to get into the QB1 class. He was already there, and then last week was just an exclamation point. So I think that uh, I think that Tennessee's just uh, the better offense. I think they're the better team as currently constructed. No Marlon Mack. Um, T.Y. Hilton is not 100%. We know Eric that Ebron, for sure. Though. Eric Ebron out of this game. Paris Campbell probably out of this game. I just think Tennessee's the better team as these teams are currently constructed. So the fact that I get a couple of points here makes Tennessee the relatively easy play for me in this one. Yeah, I, I do think that they're their better team right now too, and they're and they're certainly feeling themselves right now as the Colts are dealing with just more adversity. It's been all year long, ever since before the season started with Andrew Luck, that just seems to be something with this team, but you know, Ryan Tannehill is sneaky, and this isn't a fantasy show, but you're right. I mean, he's been a top-five quarterback since he's entered the league. I think he was QB1 last week. Actually, he wasn't. Lamar was. But he was QB1 before Lamar played on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. But he's sneaky on the ground, too. I mean, you go back to some games that he had in Miami, and he's had a couple of rushing touchdowns lately as well. So um, an interesting an interesting play with your fantasy football season on the line, and just Derrick Henry has just been so good. As we move along here, the Eagles, uh, they dropped a, another egg last week and just offensively couldn't get anything together. And now they're playing the Dolphins in what seems like potentially a get-right game. But they're favored by nine points. Well, that's what it opened up. It's now nine and a half, according to Westgate. Uh, Bovada, ten. There's other spots, ten and a half. Uh, the over-under sitting at 45. It's come down slightly. Uh, the defense has shown up over the past couple weeks, Beller. But is the offense going to be able to get right and score enough points their team applied totals 27, but can they win by 10? I know it's Miami, but if you've been watching Philly lately, they haven't looked good. Yeah, um, remember what I said earlier about Dallas and Buffalo being the easiest stay away for me this week? This one is? Yeah, I'm going to change that. It's this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. What, what in the world makes you think that Philadelphia is going to beat anyone by 10 points? What makes you think they're going to score 27 points? Right. Why do you think they're going to hold uh, the, the gunslinger, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to just seven? Like, nothing here makes sense for why Philadelphia should be laying this many points or expected to score as much as they're expected to score, but Miami's still Miami, right? I just don't see how anyone could look at this game and have confidence in either side. I'm going to be picking Miami. I'm definitely going to be taking those points and just taking my chances with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I want no no part of this game, and I definitely want no part of – there is no team I want to back less in the NFL against the spread than the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't care what the spread is. I just want nothing to do with them. This offense is a mess. I mean, it is an absolute – they cannot do anything. They can't move the ball. It is horrible to watch, and it's just painful to see what these guys are trying to do. They can't do anything. They can't do anything uh, down the field. They can't get anything going with any sort of consistency on the ground. Carson Wentz just does not look good. Like, no thank you. I am not not backing this team. I will not be backing the, the Eagles at any point the rest of the season, and I am very aware of what their schedule looks like the rest of the season, too. Yeah, it's 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 bad when Greg Ward is your, you know, your wide receiver that leads the way last week. I mean, he was just pulled off the practice squad, and he had seven targets, six catches for 40 yards. It is encouraging to see Alshon Jeffrey practicing in full today. Looks like Lane Johnson is going to return as well. That's good news for Carson Wentz. Because he's, you're, 
and I, and it's hard to even blame him because there's there's just nobody downfield. He's not even taking shots downfield. I mean, there was a chance at the end of the game where he he did take one with. Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews ran the wrong route. It was a pick, and Matthews was cut just basically hours after that game. So it's just Wentz doesn't really have a whole lot to work with. But you know, if you get Elshon back and you get Lane Johnson back, and you know, I'm sure that's going to help out the offense. But I can't. I can't. I'm with you. I don't know if I'm going to go Miami. I'm still undecided there yet. But it's it's definitely difficult. It's more challenging to back the Eagles to win by ten points, even if even though against the Dolphins for sure. And Carson Wentz is not mm-hmm. taking care of the football. He is just fumbled. Yeah, that too. I think five times over the last few weeks too. And yeah, you get yeah. The, the inaccuracy, the picks, and then the careless, carelessness with the football. Um, yeah. So, anyways, let's move on to a fun game from a fantasy Thank you. standpoint. Let's do it. Yes, let's do that. The Jags and Bucks, two yeah. defenses really struggling, and two quarterbacks who are really slinging it. Um, for Nick Foles, nearly a hundred passing attempts just in his two games since he's been back. The defense has not looked good, and then we know that Jameis Winston slings the ball all the time. So here we go. This could be a fun fantasy game. Jacksonville actually opened up three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over was 49. Westgate has the Jags at one. Some spots, it's just a straight-up pick them. So go ahead, Beller. Pick them. I really want to uh, back Tampa Bay as one of my seven. I just can't do it with their defense. You know, I just like this is going to be a super fun game. This is a game. Here's what I'll say about this one. Um, when I'm building my DFS lineups, Mike Evans, DJ Chark, one of these quarterbacks, Leonard Fournette. I mean, I'm going to yes, have yes, plenty yes, yes, of exposure yes. to this game. Chris Godwin, of course, like give me as much of this game as I can possibly fit in. This game is going over uh, the number at 48 and a half. I feel confident that this game is going over. But both these offenses, especially Tampa's, uh, we know can be very good. Both these defenses are terrible, and both these teams on the whole are below average. So that is just the perfect mix of let me stay away from this one for betting purposes. I think it's going to be fun. I am very happy that I have as much Mike Evans as I do in fantasy, especially in my home league where I am in the playoffs with a win and out of the playoffs with a loss this week. Uh, But I do not want to touch this from a betting standpoint. I mean, this could just go either way in so many different ways. You're going to need 30 to win. Both teams can easily get to 30. Not trusting either team to do that. I'll just go ahead. If I'm going to do anything in this game, it's bet the over. Yeah, there's, there's. I agree. Just bet the over and just watch the points pile up. There's just too many variables. There, there really is. Both quarterbacks have just looked so-so. Uh, decent fantasy games. They both could have decent fantasy games, but they both could turn the ball over four or five times combined. The defenses are really shady. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm just going to completely stay away from this game and just, and again, like I said, watch the points pile up mm-hmm. and, and play these guys in DFS as well. Shout out to Chris Conley, who, who could be a decent yeah, play right. as well in this Dude. game. Mini, really quick, we gotta like. I, I, there's got to be a way to find this, and I wish I would have done the research before the show. But uh, I mean, Jameis Winston, just off the top of our heads, he has to be tracking toward a uh, like most uh, turnover, most giveaways, most fantasy points, right? Like, there's no, there's not gonna be anyone who <laughs> has as many Brett giveaways, Favre-like. yeah, as, as many giveaways as Winston is gonna end the season with, but also as many fantasy points, right? Like, if we made a, uh, if we made like a matrix where like. You know, all, like the x-axis was was giveaways, and the y-axis was fantasy points. He is in that far upper right corner, and no one is probably near him, right? 
Right. Yeah. He. I mean, he's second now in passing attempts. He's got four thirty-four. He's second in passing yards, three three thousand three hundred ninety-one. He's got twenty-two touchdowns, which is nice. I mean, that's that's third in the NFL. And then boom, right. twenty sacks or twenty interceptions. <laughs> twenty sacks. interceptions. Twenty interceptions. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I actually don't even know. And then he's been sacked more than anybody too. So it's been yeah. an absolute <laughs> mess with James. He's got. It, it, He's got four lost fumbles. Four lost fumbles. It reminds so me of twenty-four times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's got two unbelievable weapons, right? I mean, two top yeah. five wideouts in, in for sure. He's just the best fantasy quarterback I mean, to play. It's we crazy. talked about it all the time. Wait, give me before we before we move on. Give me one second. He is he's QB seven in in fantasy points right now. Wow. Yeah. QB I mean, it's seven. crazy. He has twenty-four giveaways, and he is QB seven. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him fantasy because he just they the defense is awful right so they're gonna give uh-huh. up plays they don't have a run game and I just love all these passing attempts 51 48 43 44 54 I mean, 54. I mean he had a f- <laughs> Beller, he had a f- game where he he had five picks but he threw for 400 yards and still ends up with 18 <laughs> fantasy points <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy I mean this is this is a season that defies all logic one more thing before we move on yeah. from the fascinating Jameis Winston the six <laughs> quarterbacks who are ahead of him right have a combined 9 12 17 24 27 rushing touchdowns all of them have at least three he has zero and 200 yards rushing I mean he's doing at least all those guys on top of not giving the ball away more than they've thrown touchdowns are also doing a ton with their legs he does nothing with his legs and he's still the QB7 it is a fascinating season that Jameis Winston is putting together yeah it really is uh guys expect the shootout I I just mentioned it with Foles in the last two games for him 47 passing attempts and 48 uh, and his defense looks a little suspect too so that's going to be a fun one one. I'm saying, like I said, staying away from a betting standpoint, I'm just going to pick the over. Uh, let's move on to the Jets. We have a change at quarterback. The Bengals are getting away from Ryan Finley. That experiment is completely over. He does not look like anywhere near an NFL quarterback. Uh, it is Andy Dalton back under the center. The Jets opened up three-point favorites. They're now three and a half. Dalton's never lost to the Jets before. Do you care at all? Um, no, not really. <laughs> no, <you laughs> I do shouldn't. not care. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that doesn't really do much for me. Um, I'm staying away from this game, though. Um, I, I think that the Bengals. What you're are not going to back the team. Jets? Come on. Nah, I thought about it, but the Bengals are going to be more effective offensively. Yeah, they with are. Dalton back. I mean, we talked about this a lot early in the season, right? I mean, they as bad as they were and as bad as they still are, Dalton kept them in a lot of games early in the season. They're just going to be a more effective offense. Jets laying as much as I like them laying three and a half on the road against almost anyone makes me a little bit concerned. Pretty easy stay away from me. I'll be back in the Jets uh, where I have to, but uh, not going to be picking it as one of my top seven or putting any money on it. Yeah, staying away from that one too. Uh, plus 100 is interesting though. Um, if, you, if you do want to yeah. back them, some decent That's odds true. there. Um, so I'm not going with that Ohio team. You know I'm going with Cleveland. Let's go Brownies. Uh, we have the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland right now, two-point favorites. It's it's actually moved around quite a bit. I mean, it was three and a half. It was, I see some spots, one, three, two, two and a half. It's all over the place. But I, I just think the bottom line here is, is Cleveland's going to win this football game. I know Pittsburgh's going to potentially get Juju Smith-Schuster back. Uh, it looks like actually for sure they're going to go with Hodges under center. I don't know if I – mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of an upgrade over Mason Rudolph, who's looked bad. But at the end of the day, as good as this Steelers defense is, I think the Browns – defense is slightly above average even with no miles garrett we know that's the big rematch from what happened a couple weeks ago but uh, i'd like what i've seen from cleveland they're they're starting to trend up i think this is going to be a low scoring game 
but give me the Browns to win by a field goal. Not going to overthink it, and I'm just going to move on. Cleveland, they're starting to feel themselves. They might make the playoffs, Beller. Yeah, right. I mean, it's pretty crazy that this is uh, has turned into an important game in the AFC playoff race. Uh, but uh, here we are, Brown Steelers. Uh, one of these teams is going to come away with a, a really meaningful victory this weekend. I'm with you. Um, I, I think the Browns are the right play. I, all the reasons you said hold. And um, the one thing that is going to keep me away from making this one of my seven is that uh, this Pittsburgh defense has been excellent and they have to prop up a truly terrible offense every single week. And I don't think, I think that's going to be the reason why they don't make the playoffs and why we're not even really talking about them as a playoff team by like week 16. But the defense holds, right? The defense still stands up there. And we know Baker Mayfield has had a lot of issues dealing with pressure, and I think they're going to be able to get pressure on him. And that's why I don't want to be backing this uh, one way or the other, uh, especially with this game being in Pittsburgh. So staying away, but with you, uh, where I have to pick him, I'll be picking Cleveland. Yeah, bottom six offense just in terms of overall passing yards and and I guess they're in the bottom eight now in rushing yards but James Conner is is not going to play in this game so I mean Baker did okay a couple weeks ago against against the Steelers he threw for two touchdowns he ran one in Jarvis Landry's been pretty solid over the past few weeks so uh, I will lean Cleveland let's go to the Sunday late games you get the Rams who you know you and I talked off air it's just a complete 180 from this LA team they were absolutely embarrassed uh, on Monday Night Football against the Ravens in fact they've been embarrassed you know really all year and in, in Vegas just give them the credit from from time to time like okay three points we'll give you three and a half and they just get they just get smash you know a game that stands out to me is when they played the 49ers and know that game when you look at the box score it seemed pretty close but it was not close at all and then we have I, I know your favorite this is the team you've been backing all year Arizona I, the Rams open up four and a half point favorites are now three point favorites are, are you going with the Cardinals here this is the most disrespectful line of the week and maybe of the season <laughs> meaning is this a joke Arizona is they're giving them respect three? yeah they're catching yeah. three at home Against yeah. the Rams, who have looked terrible for weeks on end now, they can't do a thing offensively. I mean, we know for sure, Meanie, without question, who the better quarterback is in this game. And he's not the guy who played in the Super Bowl last year. He's the guy who won the Heisman last year. Kyler Murray is head and shoulders better than Jared Goff. And we're getting three? I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to say we. I mean, it's, you know, we're not supposed to do that in this business. But that's how I feel so tied to this team that the disrespect feels like I'm getting personally affronted here. Give me a break. This is the lock. The Cardinals are going to win this game. The Cardinals are going to win this game straight up. There is going to be no answer for this offense. And the Rams' offense is terrible right now. We talked about I can't remember if it was this show last week where we talked about it. I know I talked about it with someone, and I think it was you. I think it was this show, yeah. You know what I'm going to say, right, with Todd Gurley, right? People want to say running back doesn't matter, and I understand the logic of that. But great players matter, and Todd Gurley, before the knee issues, was a great player. And you take that greatness away from him, you strip it from the offense. This offense does not have one single great player on it. And that's not meant to be disrespect to Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods or even Cooper Cup. It is slightly meant to be disrespect to Jared Goff because he deserves it. But Gurley was the engine of this offense. This is not the same team that it was a year ago. We've seen that all year long. They need way too much Jared Goff to win, and he is not up to the challenge. Arizona wins this game like 31-20. to 20. Wow. Yeah, I mean, 
It's great. I'm with you. Part of me wanted to come in here and say Rams, and I think I'm just trying to put a, a put aside my DFS mind and just try to be a little contrarian in the fact that I do feel like Arizona will have some success on the football. They play at a high pace, and maybe that means a few more dump-offs for Gurley. Maybe it's a get-right game for Goff and Cup, but there's there's a lot of maybes and there's a lot of question marks for a team that just has not looked good. You can go all the way back to when they played Cincinnati and when they only scored 24 points. I mean, they didn't look good in that football game. They didn't look good after the bye against the Steelers against Chicago they squeaked out a win and then last week against Baltimore they just I feel like is that it you know when teams are down it's that is that the final punch like the knockout punch you know um you know prime time playoffs just absolutely out the window now they're not going to win the division they're they're not in the wild card hunt they just they're totally down they look defeated Goff looks defeated. The defense looked absolutely defeated. Jalen Ramsey's trying to fight people after games. Like, it's just, it seems like a complete mess right now in LA. And it's just amazing to see that 180 turn. It really is. And, and I, I, Part of it, I think, is has been on the offensive line for Gurley. A couple weeks ago, he looked good. I don't want to take too much stock into going up against a solid defense in Baltimore, but there's just there seems to be too many question marks. So I'm a little hesitant to back Arizona, but I agree you make a lot of good points. Um, this one is, is completely a stay away from me. Um, but, yeah, it just seems like rock bottom, absolutely rock bottom. Get on the Cardinals. The you know how much fun it's been to back the Cardinals all it season? It has been fun. It's the most fun I've had this NFL season is just picking <laughs> the Cardinals every week. And, and, and you've been doing it. Since like week one or two, week right? two, I mean, week two, I picked them against Baltimore. Like they were like eleven and a half point dogs. Yes. They lost that game by six, and, and I feel like I picked them like eight times now since then. Yeah, I mean they were right in that game. They almost won that game with a bunch of field goals. All right, Chargers and Broncos. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna back the Chargers here. <laughs> I'm gonna, and every every time I do, I, I completely I'll be honest with you guys, completely wrong. I know the Chargers are a very mediocre football team coming off a of bye here. They open up one point favorites. You know, depending on where you're looking, they're actually three point favorites now. Just changed on the fly, Beller. It was two and a half when we started this show. Um, Westgate all over it. It's now three. Uh, it's completely, I, I would assume it's it's a stay away from you. I'm just looking overall at the better football team. I don't even know who's going to be the quarterback for the Broncos right now. I'm gonna I'm just gonna side with the Chargers, despite Rivers having you know a lot of turnovers as well. Yeah, totally fair, totally fair to back the Chargers, and that's the direction I'll go where I have to. But yeah, pretty easy stay away from me. I just don't want to. Come on, come on. Yeah, I just don't want. I just yeah. don't want to back the Chargers. I don't want to. I don't want to put um put any sort of uh, of my uh, word on the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, you don't so want to sweat to this you. out? I mean, what a fourth no, quarter not, it's going to be. Not. Both of these teams forget how to play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I do not want to sweat this one out whatsoever. <laughs> I don't want to – I already feel like a little bit like I've got the shakes because I've got Austin <laughs> Eckler in very important fantasy spots, and I have to be somewhat invested in this game. So that's enough for me. That's enough for me right there. And as we've talked through this slate, Meany, more games uh, than I like. I'm, gonna ha- I'm not going to have any trouble getting to seven. I'm going to have trouble actually keeping a few out of my seven rather than getting to seven. Okay, all right. So this next one in your seven, Chiefs and oh. Raiders. Oh, my God. How it could it not be? Yeah. It's in yours, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking them. I'm taking KC. Uh, Let's do I, it. I wonder if how much – you hear that all the time in sports, especially in football, the look-ahead game, Oakland, West Coast team going to the East Coast, just looking brutal, taking the starters out almost halfway through that game in the third quarter. Derek Carr's on the sidelines. Josh Jacobs not getting a ton of play and just looking ahead to this game against the Raiders – or against the Chiefs, rather. But – Kansas City, man, they're just a better football team. This is another one. Let, let's not overthink it here. I mean, if Damian Williams is not going to play and Shady's banged up, I mean, it just means more dropbacks for, for Patrick Mahomes, and it looks like Tyreek Hill is, is trending in the direction to playing. So I'm going to, without even overthinking this, I'm just going to lock in the Chiefs. This is another one. If you don't feel comfortable with the 10, just you know, 
bump them down with the tees, and they'll win this football game by a touchdown. Andy Reid off a of bye. It's been oh, bankable his, for like 15 years now. His whole career. Andy Reid off a of bye. That's what we've got here, preparing for a clearly inferior team, a team that has had to travel a ton in the last while. Well, Kansas City's just been kicking up, enjoying their uh, win over the Chargers, sitting at home for two weeks. So Oakland has had to go all the way to New York, go back to Oakland. Now they're going to Kansas City, halfway back across the country. Uh, and meanwhile, Andy Reid has just had his pristine after the bye record, waiting for the Oakland Raiders, clearly the better team. Uh, Tyreek Hill, it would be the one complicating factor for me if he were unable to play, but does sound like he's going to be able to go Chiefs in a laugher. Chiefs in a laugher. Um, wouldn't it be interesting, though, if the Raiders won that and all of a sudden they're, they're there <laughs> yeah, for the division? After, it would be interesting because they got smoked by the Jets, right? And they got absolutely <laughs> crushed, and it would just be crazy that after week 13, Oakland is that close to winning the division. Hey, Oakland, they, would be wouldn't they be in first, technically? They'd be tied, wouldn't they Oakland would, be? They would, yeah, because they, I think they would have that tiebreaker. Um, this is, the, this is, the, is this the first time they've played each other? No, they had to have played each other earlier this season. I don't think that um, – I don't think that they have. Oh, no, they did earlier on in the season. My bad. Week 2, 28-10 yeah. to 10, um, for, for KC. All right, let's move on. Sunday night football, yep. Patriots and Texans. Um, complete stay away. Um, I just yep. I'm just, I just, don't know what to think about this New England team. I really don't. The defense is unbelievable. I just don't know in terms of offense what's happening with this squad. They just do not look good offensively. I think that they're – I don't know if they're going to be able to just ride to the Super Bowl again on their defense. Just uh, – Again, that's that's a topic for another day, but I'm just staying away from this one. I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans won, and I just don't feel like I want to lay three points with the Pats right now at, at, at this stage of the game. I kind of want to pick Houston, man. Do I mean, you? that's one yeah. of the, the, that's one of those that's sort of hard for me to squeeze out. If you're gonna uh, do it, just pick them on the up, pick them upset. Money oh away, yeah, right? for sure. And we could be seeing this game a couple of weeks from now, right? I mean, yes. this could be this could be a uh, a divisional round AFC playoff game uh, between these two teams. And I'm going on record as saying that. The Patriots, I mean, they're going to get a bye, right? They're already 10-1. and one. It's going to be hard for uh, them to get past. I mean, you know, Kansas City's 7-4. and four. I mean, realistically, even if they beat New England in a couple of weeks, they're not going to pass them. That would take a lot of losses from New England, obviously. They'd have to lose that game plus two more. Unrealistic, right? Uh, so New England's going to get a bye. New England's losing their first playoff game. I, I, I'm, I'm going to make that call right now. It's going to be against to, – to um, As long as it's, it's Casey Baltimore. or Houston, right? Yeah, maybe it's against Baltimore. Maybe it's against Kansas yeah. City. Probably won't be against Baltimore, but maybe it's can no. you know it's going to be Kansas City or Houston. Yeah. Uh, if it's one of those two teams, I'm going to be picking that team to win that game. And so that makes me think. Well, if I already think a month from now or five weeks from now, whatever it is, that Houston has a great chance to beat New England, and that game uh, is in New England, then why wouldn't I just back Houston now with a game in Houston? I'm sort of talking myself into it <laughs> I as think we go. You are, that's yeah, the, I kind of like the fun. it. That's the fun of just making your not making your picks beforehand because as I start talking, I start talking myself into it uh, the, the one thing that I do like and here's why I think that New England or where where uh, Houston can really bring some force on uh, New England's defense we talked about this last week we both like Randall Cobb because slot receivers have been able to get after New England part of that hat tip to New England is by their design they know we've got Stephon Gilmore your best receivers play outside we're gonna lock that guy down and if you know Randall Cobb has 85 yards against us if Cole Beasley has 80 yards against us uh, if we hold Juju Smith-Schuster to 80 yards on six catches uh, and that's the best game from your receiver so be it we'll live with it we're fine with that and they do that and they, they do that to a T and you got to give them credit for that because they are locking down the outside receiver at the same time but Will Fuller is a far more dangerous player who plays out of the slot 
than any of those guys is, and I am including Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju's a better overall receiver, but Fuller is super dangerous vertically. And that's what you need to beat this New England team, right? You need to be able to hit some big plays. And with Will Fuller going up against what is the weakness of the New England defense, a guy who is so dangerous, who can hit those big plays, I think we're going to see a big one out of Will Fuller. I think we're going to see one of those 65-yard touchdowns out of Will Fuller, 70-yard touchdowns, uh, and it's something that could swing this game. So why the hell not? Let's do it. It's Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm going to give thanks for uh, I'm going to give thanks for Deshaun Watson. I'm going to give uh, the complete opposite of thanks for Ryan Pace not taking Deshaun Watson a couple of years ago. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans here. And those are the two teams who I was really deciding between Houston and Chicago as my seventh play. I'm going to go with uh, with where my head says the Bears should have gone three years ago, and I've got the receipts to say that I had that three years ago too. I'll go to Sean Watson. I'll take them. I'll put them in my seven. See you, Patriots. All right. I like it. Laying it down. Putting them in. I want, I'm watching him type it right now. He's not lying <laughs> to you guys, uh, the Texans. I, I want to I join you. I, I'm a coward, so I'm, I'm completely not going to do it. I mean, I joined you last week. We were all over Dallas. We almost got that upset, right? We had a chance at the very end of the game. I mean – uh, questions again with Garrett and the offense and the decisions, some of the decisions that he makes. But um, yeah, right. How did he? It's, how did he kick that field goal? It's, how it's, did he kick that field goal? It's unbelievable. I mean, you have an opportunity here in Foxborough to, with the game on the line, to to get it done. I mean, the quarterback and Dak Prescott. Yeah, he's having a, have a bad game, but I mean, he's been solid all mm-hmm. year long. You have an opportunity to seize the moment. You're on like the ten yard line. Yeah, pussied out. Right. Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was all over that. Troy Aikman was uh, like, he's like, you're, you're even if you make this field goal, you have to exactly. Score a you got to get back there, and you got to get all the way down the field again. Exactly. Yeah. You have to score the touchdown, and you're already right here. Who like? I mean, yeah, it was. A, whew, yeah, I would have some major questions for a coach who kicks a field goal. I mean, that's just a, that's just a complete lack of understanding of of like forget about you know being analytically focused. That's just a lack of understanding of game situation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, and he, and finally, Jerry Jones is starting to call him out without directly calling him out. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple shots after the game that he took about about play calling at coaches and how many coaches he has and yeah. and yada yada. I mean, I was so. happy for it for us since we had sure. Green Bay or since we had Dallas plus six and a half. That helped us. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, uh, it definitely helped but us. But that was uh, just a, a he Garrett's going to be gone choice. out the door if if Dallas finds a way to give up this division if if for whatever reason the Eagles are able to come back and take care of this soft schedule and then beat them week 16 I mean Garrett will finally be absolutely out the door uh, let's move mm-hmm. over to the Monday night football game the final one we have Seattle and Minnesota we've had some great primetime games here over the past couple weeks especially on Sunday night and Monday night this is another one I'm really looking forward to this game Seahawks and Vikings both teams right there and just in terms of of wild card and and maybe even potentially getting um, a division for for Minnesota as well uh, with that Green Bay loss so there's always some questions with Kirk Cousins especially on the road um, you know can he win that big football game on the road in prime time I think a lot of people are just giving um, Cousins a lot of heat I, I've seen that narrative all week long this has been a pretty good quarterback over overall this season Bell. I mean 21 touchdowns to three interceptions I know they've leaned on Dalvin Cook a lot more than then, you know, I know he wasn't around totally at all last year, but this Kirk Cousins just seemed to – he was dropping back and he was throwing. There was no run game. You give him a run game, and he's looked pretty good. And on the road, I have no problems with his road. I mean, 257 yards per game on the road compared to 240 at home. He's got 12 touchdowns and two interceptions on the road. But Seattle is definitely a, a different environment. So um, what's your thoughts here um, on this game? I mean, opened up two and a half. It's now three for Seattle. I'm kind of feeling the Vikings. 
Yeah, I'm feeling the Vikings too. This is another game that I think is going to go over. I think it may, is going to be the highest scoring game of the weekend and a huge game, Meanie, right? We That's were just talking huge. about uh, Dallas and their woes and are they even going to be able to hold on to the NFC East? Well, the winner of this game is going to have at least the inside track on being the five seed. Uh, both these teams obviously still alive right. for their division championships, but at least, I mean, being the five seed in the NFC means playing that NFC East champion. Being the six seed means playing likely either Green Bay or New Orleans on the road in the first round. I mean, that is just a major, major difference. I, I like either of these teams to go and beat that NFC East Same. team on the road. I like either of these teams to lose to Green Bay or New Orleans, whoever it is in the first round. So, I mean, huge difference, a huge game for these teams. Kirk Cousins is playing the best football of his career. Obviously, that is not living up to Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is a special breed, but Kirk Cousins is playing great football. Forget about what happened early in the season. Forget about the primetime narratives, the road narratives. I don't want to hear any of that garbage. He gets Adam Thielen back in this game. A huge boon for this entire offense. A super evenly matched game where we have two great offenses and two offenses I think that are – uh, maybe not. Uh, maybe it's unfair to say that they're play- at their absolute best right now. That they're coming into this game playing their best football because Seattle did struggle a little bit last week in what was a good spot against Philly. Wins had a lot to do with that. Minnesota just getting Adam Thielen back. But these are two offenses that have very high peaks, and I think they can hit it against these respective defenses. So when you look at all that, I think it's a totally fair line. Uh, either way, this game should be minus three. It doesn't matter who's at home. Just the home team minus three. Slap that on it. Not going to move at all, but I think meaning, I, meaning I think Minnesota is the better team overall. And so the fact that I'm getting three, even though I got to uh, get it on the road, I'm going to go with the Vikings. They're in my seven. Yeah, I think they're the better team overall as well. And it'll be interesting to see how the the Chris Carson Rashad Penny situation turns out as well, because Carson put the ball on the ground again last week. I know Russell Wilson was credited with that fumble, but Rashad Penny came over and you know, took over the backfield in the fourth quarter when Carson was benched late. And he looked pretty good against a a stout run defense in Philadelphia. And this is a stout run defense in Minnesota. So I think there's some question marks in that backfield. So I'm with you. I like the Vikings. Before we get into our seven, let's, uh, let's talk about the top seven picks, the public. Let's see who they're backing. Number seven, Cleveland, 75%. The Pats, 80%. Bears, 80%. Bucks. 81% 81% at four Saints, 81% tie with them. The Chargers, number two. And the number one team, the Green Bay Packers, 89%. Oh, man. They call him Chris Public Meanie. Chris Public Meanie. That's right. <laughs> Here's my seven. Actually, a few public teams in here. That's never public a good Meanie thing. Public Meanie number one. <laughs> it's never a good thing. Um, I like that. Public Meanie number one. Uh, Chicago, <laughs> Green Bay, New Orleans, KC, how come KC's not in there? How come KC is not getting backed by the public? What's going on All there? the more reason the to back 10? him. Yeah, All exactly. the more reason to back him. <laughs> Cleveland, the Chargers, and then I did on the fly here chuck in the Baltimore Ravens. I just It's really hard to ignore what they're doing on both sides of the football, and I'm just not sold on San Fran's offense right now. So that's my seven. Who are you feeling? Yeah, I did the same. I threw the Ravens in after our discussion there and what I said about uh, the fact that they've had they had such trouble dealing with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. I think uh, playing at home, Lamar Jackson with the role he's on, they're going to be able to win that game by a touchdown. So we share two, Baltimore, and of course I'm picking New Orleans. I do it every single week. Why the heck not do it again this week? Um, and then five different ones, Meany. Uh, this, uh, this is a new thing for us. Not only do we have so many different plays, but none of these games are even against one another. So we're really representing a wide spectrum of games, giving you a lot of opinion. Hopefully that helps. Uh, Baltimore, New Orleans, 
Arizona, my favorite pick of the week. Oh, no, Kansas City. We got three of the same. Uh, so Arizona, my favorite play of the week. I've also got Kansas City. I'm going to stick with the Tennessee Titans going into Indianapolis. And give me those Houston Texans. Oh, Let's just baby. go all the way. Let's go. They upset the Patriots. They get a win, and they throw the uh, top of the AFC into some flux with four games left in the season. Oh, I like it. Yeah, that'd be huge. I, I, I want to see the flux. I, I need to see that. Um, it, it, interesting, the Titans in 6-5. and five. I mean, that division is still up for grabs, too. If, if the Pats do win that game and the Titans win all of a sudden, all of a sudden, two teams up at the top, 7-5. Not something I would have thought. Okay, so... What are we doing in Survivor? People are still hanging around. I don't think you're going to pick the Texans in Survivor, but I mean, if you have KC, potentially KC is out there. Cleveland, I know, may be a mm-hmm. little bit sketchy on the road. Uh, I don't know if you've already picked the Eagles or not. Maybe earlier yeah. on in the year when they pick Carolina. Washington. Carolina is a good one. Carolina is is that's a good one. one I don't. I can't imagine anyone's picked Carolina just up yeah. to this point. Listen, let me just say this too. I mean, if you are, it's week 13. If you're alive in Survivor, first of all, you did about nine weeks better than I did. So mm. you maybe don't even want my advice. And secondly, <laughs> um, I mean, you know what it is at this stage of the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to sort of, uh, and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, go go figure <laughs> it out yourself. But, uh, um, you know, Carolina's just, a good one, Beller. Yeah, Carolina would, is the obvious one, and otherwise, um, you know what you've got left better than we do, So, uh, and you're doing pretty damn good That's also right. if you're still alive and survivor at this point. So I would say trust yourself, trust, uh, trust your gut, and go with what you feel is the right play. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. Again, we won't be back on Friday. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. I hope you enjoy the time off. Hopefully you have some time off. You're able to see some family and, and most of all, enjoy the football and hopefully you know have some successful picks as well. You can give Michael a follow on Twitter at MBeller, myself at Chris Meany. We really appreciate a rate and review. Again, theathletic.com slash best on the board will get you 40% off. Enjoy the football, guys. We'll talk next week. Cheers.